This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. Lord, your spirit is here and you are with us. And so we profess our faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Amen. You may be seated. People of Christ, alleluia, the Lord is risen. Alleluia. Feels so good to say that this morning. It is so great to be here with you this morning. I love this service. This is my favorite service of the entire year. The Easter Vigil is so wonderful. I love coming into this darkened church just as if it were at dawn on the first day of the week. Just as if we were Mary Magdalene and the other Mary on our way to look for the tomb. Our hearts heavy from having spent the past 40 days with our sins ever before us and our hopes as dim as the darkness. But we have lit the candles and we have seen the light of Easter. We have baptized a new brother and sister into the family of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And our prayers have risen to God like the incense that permeates our sanctuary now. And we have rehearsed the drama of God's rescue of the world from the beginning to the end of the scriptures. And we have seen how it culminates in the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. This is our Pascha. This is our Passover. This is how our God has rescued us from sin and death. He has brought us out from slavery to sin and death into freedom of new life with him. And today we own for ourselves once again what is the deepest and the truest thing about the world. He has risen just as he said. Amen. Death has no more claim on Jesus. The one who took death into himself upon the cross and destroyed its power over us. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again, says St. Paul. Death no longer has dominion over him. Easter is the church's triumph because it is Christ's triumph. And this morning we pledge our allegiance and we place our hope once again in the one who conquered the grave and who promises to do the same for all of us who put our trust in him and follow him. We celebrate today because although death has had the ability to write the story of humanity since the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, it no longer has that power for those who belong to Christ. Christians no longer live in terror of death. And if you're a Christian this morning and you're afraid of death, take heart. Remember your hope. Have courage because your victory over it has been secured. That's why we gathered this morning as the day dawned. So that Christ, the son of righteousness, may shine upon our hearts with the light of his glory. That we may no longer terror over death. That we might be set free to live in newness of life. Christ is risen. And therefore, as the poet Gerard Manley Hopkins has said, let him Easter in us and be a day spring to the dimness of us. Hopkins gets it. Easter is both a noun and a verb. 
It is not just a commemoration of his resurrection from the dead, but it is a gift that he must give to us. It is something he must do to us and for us and with us. Let him Easter in us. Let his resurrection take deep root in our hearts because he is the living one and death no longer rules over him and therefore it no longer rules over us. Rather, he rules over death. Because Jesus conquered death, if we are baptized and we have put our trust in him, we share right now his risen divine life. His triumph is our triumph. Let him be a day spring to our dimness because even though we see by dim light now, even though the evidence of death is all around us, even though in the midst of life we are in death, as our prayer book says, death is not final. Death does not get the last word. Death does not get to tell us who we are. And even though we die in our bodies, we will rise again in our bodies which have been transformed by taking on divine life. That's our hope. We will see him face to face. We will see each other again. And the only tears will be tears of joy. We will weep. But we will weep like those who are exuberant because we have been rescued from a great calamity. We know this because he is risen, just as he said. We know that death is the great enemy of God because it has crushed and oppressed humanity and it has defaced his creation. And we know that although it is the last enemy to be destroyed, destroyed it will be. Death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die, John Donne once wrote. We mortals fear death. We dread it. We run from it. We organize our lives so as not to think about it and to prolong our avoidance with our encounter with it at all costs. And yet it comes for us all. Like some horrific beast, it mauls its way through history, destroying all the best dreams and the highest hopes of humanity. It causes us to despair of the greatness in which we were made. We were made with dignity, we were made for glorious things, for self-transcendence and self-sacrifice. And most of all, we were made for relationship with God, for communion with Him. And so nothing less than that will ever satisfy us. We are beings who naturally desire a supernatural end that we cannot give for ourselves. And yet we settle for far less than this because death is so threatening and so final. And so because we fear death, we become dull, we become cynical, we become risk-averse, we become dedicated only to small pleasures and averse to pain of all sorts. Because what could possibly be worth the risk? What could possibly be worth the pain if what we achieve is going to be swallowed by death anyway? And yet even as we distract ourselves with small pleasures, we still live in dread. Because like the monster in a horror movie, death is always lurking just around the corner. We will not cheat it. Death will have its due. As that poet Gerard Manley Hopkins says, all life, death does end. Just as surely as each day dies with sleep. 
But brothers and sisters, death no longer has dominion over Christ. And he has made us his brothers and sisters, children of the Father in heaven through our baptisms. We are co-heirs with him. And our inheritance is everlasting life in the resurrection and eternal communion with God and one another. Even to be made partakers of the divine nature. That scripture, 2 Peter 1.14, we are made to be made partakers of the divine nature. That is our inheritance. And Christ is risen and lives forever. He has secured that inheritance for us. As the book of Revelation says, do not be afraid. Why? Because I am the living one, Jesus says. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and Hades. This Easter morning, do not be afraid. Death had dominion over all, but now Jesus has dominion over death. Do not be afraid, because the book of Hebrews says that because the children have flesh and blood, Jesus too shared in their humanity, so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Brothers and sisters, we are not enslaved by the power of the fear of death anymore. We have been set free. Alleluia. Alleluia. Look at what St. Paul says in our reading this morning. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are buried with him by baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. How does being united to Jesus' death on the cross lead us to newness of life? Look at the next verse. If we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Jesus' triumph over death in his death and his resurrection becomes ours as we live out our baptism. This is what many in the history of the church have called a wonderful exchange. He took on our humanity upon himself that he might die a death like ours. And we will suffer and die just as he did. But we will also rise like he did because we belong to him and everything he has, he shares with us, his brothers and sisters. And that gives us a hope like no one else in the world has. We share Jesus' triumph even now, my friends. And every time someone says Jesus is Lord and is baptized in his name, Jesus' Easter victory is a little more complete. As day dawned this Easter morning, we've had the privilege of celebrating the baptisms of Matt Gazinski and Jackie Dunlap, the two newest members of the body of Christ. Robin Capcara and Bishop Grant and Dr. Wendy and Christy Marsoff and I have had a front row seat of, uh, to Christ being formed in them as they have come to know and to internalize the Christian faith. They've been doing this over the past six months. And this morning, they have put on Christ. Christ has given them his divine life as they are baptized. Christ will Easter in them just as he has in us. 
And they will share his resurrection hope and walk in newness of life alongside of us. Brothers and sisters, that is good news. That is the triumph of Jesus being made a little more complete here in this body. And they are now part of this family. And we have pledged to love them as a brother and sister. We have pledged to do all in our power to help them fulfill their baptismal covenants. Don't miss the significance of what has happened here this morning, my friends. The weight of the glory of God is here in this sacred space. It is with us and in us as this brother and sister take the Eucharist with us for the first time. This is a holy thing we are invited into. The Holy Spirit has come upon them just as it has come upon us, just as it fills this place as we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Jackie and Matt have been set free, free from bondage to sin and the power of death and free to follow Christ with their whole lives. So brothers and sisters, let their baptisms remind us of our own baptisms. Together with them, we we declared the faith into which we were baptized in the words of the Apostles' Creed. And so therefore, as we receive communion and we return to our seats, let us go back to the font and touch the water and make the sign of the cross over ourselves and remember that we too are set free. We too have been washed and made clean. We too have the forgiveness of sins. We too have the Holy Spirit. Let us remember that Christ is glorious in his resurrection and that he calls us to enter the glory with him. We do not have to be afraid because we are free. We have a freedom like no one else on earth. We have freedom from slavery to sin and the power of death and Satan. Freedom to live for God and no longer for ourselves. And so every day we can, like the poet Wendell Berry says, practice resurrection. We can practice it together in our worship. We can practice it together in our community groups. We can practice it in our homes. We can remind one another of the surpassing greatness of our hope. We can remind one another of this hope with psalms and spiritual songs, as St. Paul says in Ephesians. We practice resurrection so that we might know that suffering is momentary and that death is only the beginning of life for those who belong to Christ. And hey, I say this this morning not to minimize anyone's pain or hardship, nor to minimize how destructive death is. Death is the great enemy of God, and therefore it is our enemy. It is the last enemy to be destroyed. God sees our suffering. He does not minimize them. Do you know what God does? He puts our tears in a bottle. He counts them. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. We can only say with St. Paul that our affliction is light and momentary only because the resurrection has become everything for us. Death will be swallowed up in life forever. And nothing will be lost except the fault that is within us. And therefore, as Wendell Berry says, we can be joyful though we have considered all the facts. We can endure. We can share This beautiful hope, the surpassing glory and greatness of this hope with others. We can live for Christ because he has lived and died for us. We can be part of the repairing of this beautiful and broken world with him. 
Because we know that every good deed done in the name of Christ will only increase the delight of the heavenly city when that resurrection comes. This morning, let him Easter in us and be a day spring to the dimness of us. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. <laughs>